0: From CSR Box, I am Deepak Nanda, and this is Impact Talk Podcast. In this episode, with Mr. Pranshu Singhal, founder, Karo Sambha, we talk about extended producer responsibility, formalizing the otherwise informal e-waste recycling domain, and building trust with communities by engaging in healthy dialogue. So thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Pranchu. Hi. Thank
1: you. Welcome.
0: Now to begin with, can you tell us what was the vision behind starting Karo Sambhas?
1: So... Uh, India started a new journey in terms of uh, uh, setting up regulations, environmental regulations, which are based on the principle of extended producer responsibility. In 2012, the first rule that came up uh, in this space was uh, e-waste rules, and uh, which did not give you know significant results in the first four or five years. And then government revised these rules in 2017. And 1617, and added targets, added uh, targets, uh, added punitive measures. Uh, after which, it became kind of a serious talk, and uh, these rules were then con- being considered by multiple organizations, and uh, there were plans on how to implement these rules uh, at a grassroots level. Uh, these rules, for me, were a significant change in how. A new regulatory environment would drive uh, change at a grassroots level in India. And uh, EPR, uh, as a principle, was being applied for the first time for e-waste, uh, with a very, uh, with a very uh, important consideration that if successful, the principle will be applied to multiple waste categories. And uh, these categories would include plastics, uh, you know, could include tires, could include end-of-life vehicles, and so forth. Uh, I have been a student of Thomas Linquist, who coined the term extended producer responsibility way back in 1992 and have worked extensively on EPR uh, for over 20 years uh, as a part of my work at Nokia and then at uh, Microsoft. So for me it was very critical to, uh, to find a good solution within India uh, while we were setting up uh, these systems for our own organization. Uh, however, I could not find any solutions. And uh, what we were also finding is that multiple producers were looking out for well-governed, ethical solutions, uh, but there were none. Uh, again, because the regulation was new, uh, so you know there was an open space for an entity to come up, set up uh, end-to-end solutions uh, with extremely well-governed uh, systems and processes in place, and. Uh, that is where I found a big gap and decided to uh, create a solution which is extremely well governed, uh, driving and fostering uh, good practices at a grassroots level, uh, enables uh, success uh, in the short run, I would say. Uh, definitely in the long run, but also in the short run, success. Uh, so that government can also feel confident about this new approach. So there was a huge gap uh, absence of systems in the market, uh, need of a well-governed system, uh, and that is what uh, we identified as the reason why we should uh, set up uh, Kurosamba. Another point that I'd like to mention is uh, when we started having a dialogue uh, with multiple stakeholders around this uh, point, uh, around setup of a new organization, there were Significant challenges which were told by people, first that waste is a misgoverned space. It always has been, whether it is uh, uh, emerging or uh, non-emerging markets, Uh, this has always been a challenging space. Uh, Most of the practices are are in a black box, so you don't know what is happening uh, to multiple varieties of waste. So, uh, not necessarily a great idea to get into this. And uh, in most cases, we were told that this is not possible. I mean, this is not doable. So don't think about it. It it, it doesn't make sense. And that's the point where, we, you know, where actually the name of the organization was also coined that if it is such a difficult thing, then let's create a movement around it and let's make it possible. And that's why Karosambo.
0: Now, you mentioned two points, which one of which is like around regulation and the other being that the sector that you work in is non-governed. So how did you formalize this e-waste management sector, which currently has 95% informal entities working into it?
1: So actually this figure probably is much larger. Uh, Instead of 95, I may even assume it to be 99%. Uh, So waste, uh, again, this is not new to India, but in most emerging markets, uh, even Eastern European markets has been managed by the informal sector and uh, not by choice but because it has become a livelihood and uh, uh, there are no other alternative means of uh, living for people so uh, that is the reason why, uh, why uh, waste is and not just e-waste but most varieties of waste are managed informally uh, so one of the biggest challenges was rules uh, i would say challenges or you know uh, things uh, that appeared very clearly so uh, the rules did not mention about uh, in, about the any role of informal sector when they came and uh, whereas the biggest role that was being played in India was by the informal sector so uh, and when we use the term informal sector it is a very large group of people we are talking of uh, a few billion people at least and uh, another point is uh, uh informal sector per se is a whole type it's a whole industry in itself you know yes. if you were to use the term industry there are people who are doing uh, you know grassroots collection people who are doing uh, small level aggregation then people who are sorting out waste doing mid level aggregation uh so there are at least you know 7 to 10 tiers uh, in the informal sector and the last part is the place where it becomes uh I would say, uh, you know, significant environmental and uh, human health impacts emerge uh, because then the waste is, uh, you know, once it has been collected, sorted, aggregated uh, in large numbers, then it is sold to informal recyclers. And so for us, what was very critical is to identify, you know, these multiple layers, uh, these tiered structure of the informal sector and find a way to engage across these tiers, leaving the informal recycler out. So our focus was on the first step that we decided was that, can we start a process like a KYC, you know, so that any person with whom we are going to work, we know who, is, who that person is, uh, in case that person doesn't have an Aadhaar card, we encourage the person to get an Aadhaar card, a PAM card, uh, a GST number if applicable, uh, and in most cases, register a company so it could be a partnership whatever structure they like but register a company with whom we will work instead of working with an individual and then any transaction that has to be done uh, there is a uh, physical invoice which is generated there is a gst which is levied there is a uh, you know so and there is a digital payment which is done now it was not very easy because most of the people did not wanted to change their existing practices and what do they do with all the digital money once it comes because it is all white and not black so how does it all work but i think we encourage people to do small transactions with us so a few transactions which were less than ten thousand rupees so that they could develop some trust and a few people kind of started working and that's how things started changing
0: so now this was more or less about the human aspect of it where you build the trust you build in the processes and systems into place but your expertise has been in industries like the technology industry. So, how are you bringing the technology into the play for Karosamba and into the processes that you're working
1: with? So, there there were two things when we were setting up Karosamba, which were at the core. One was use of technology.
0: Uh,
1: again, uh, if you recall, I, have, I had talked about well-governed systems, you know, systems and processes in an organization where. You know any company that is working with this organization feels confident and assured that nothing is going wrong here so and the data sets the kind of work that has to be done uh, is at a very very large scale so technology had to play a very significant role so right from day one uh, we had started developing a technology platform Uh, we have our internal team which uh, develops the platform which also then you know the purpose of the platform was to bring in transparency in the whole waste space and uh, make everything traceable so where is where was the waste picked up by you know who picked it up uh, when was it picked up how did it move what happened to it post that uh, so that in case you know which also makes the system fully auditable by most forever so and after a point in time the kind of data sets that one is dealing with you cannot man you know manually manage all, all that amount of work so the focus was on developing multiple types of interfaces within our, uh, within our technology platform so that multiple people can utilize it uh, and then act upon it
0: what you mentioned was about conscious decision making in terms of how people deal with environmentally ethical practices so yes how do you make that sure for the corporates that you work with or say the school children that you are engaging through your programs how do these, these two entities kind of Something that you're concentrating
1: on? There are again two different aspects uh, under EPR. So I'll come to school children at a later stage. Uh, let me focus on producers today. Our focus areas has been that producers truly understand what is end to end waste management, uh, what are the different steps, and what are the costs of those different steps. And then they need to add up those costs uh, after they have figured out and arrive at what is the right price at which a service can be provided. Uh, in many cases, we are finding a price difference of 10x. You know, one service provider is doing the same work at, let's say, 5 rupees, another is doing the same work at 50 rupees. How can it be? Uh, you know, that sort of market you know, difference in pricing just says that there is something odd about how the market is working. So our biggest focus again has been to create a clean industry in this space. Uh, and I'm using the term industry very consciously. Uh, because that means setting up standards, that means uh, raising up the dialogue, building capacities uh, both at a pollution control board level from an enforcement perspective, at the producer's level, at the bulk consumer's level, uh, at the individual's level uh, so that they are coming forward to dispose of their waste. So our focus has been on that. Uh, now, just building on this, uh, you, you were talking about the school program so we run a whole range of awareness programs on behalf of the producers uh, now the regulation requires that producers who are putting the products on the market also create awareness uh, so that people are then encouraged to recycle their waste now in these uh, as a part of these programs uh, what we do is uh, one of the programs is for example school awareness program uh, which aims at driving uh, behavior shift uh, Uh, And not just in students, but also via students amongst the parents. Uh, Because when students say, you know, and discuss about such things uh, within their homes, the impact is significantly more than, you know, a shopkeeper telling you or a buyer telling you uh, the same thing. So there are a whole range of programs that we have been running. Uh, School program is one of the most prominent, which runs in over 2700 schools uh, and has covered uh, over 7 lakh students uh, across the country. Uh, another programs that we do are bulk consumer awareness, for so for large offices, uh, for uh, ensuring that employees are very well aware, uh, the de- IT departments in that company are very well aware of how to dispose of their electronic waste. Uh, programs for uh, 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 resident welfare associations or communities. Uh, program, we have also started doing radio, pro- radio programs uh, in the last uh, year. Uh, uh, uh significant digital media campaigns but again there is one motto of these programs which is to uh, ensure that people recognize individuals uh, bulk consumers recognize that it's also their responsibility to partake i mean this cannot be done the problem cannot be solved by just saying that producer it is producer's responsibility to collect until uh, unless everyone owns up the responsibility and plays their part it is not possible to Uh, responsibly recycle the quantum of waste that we are generating
0: so that brings us to the end of the conversation thank you so much for joining us mr branch it was wonderful talking to you
1: sure thank you deepak my pleasure
0: from csr box i am deepak nanda and this is impact talk podcast